I don't know, man. He he looks better, you know. He like the purple hair does some for it, but it's the honker that really sells Wembley. Well, you know, I'm always a fan of like Hawaiian shirts, but it, it's a narrative. Gobo serves a better narrative purpose. He he's instigating everything with Wembley, like. You're going back and forth so much, you don't even know if you prefer him. Well, I know I prefer him to Canada. And oh, hang on a second, I'm uh, I'm getting a phone call. Just we'll we'll continue these negotiations in a second. All right. Hello. You're needed. There's a gigantic robot tearing up the metro line. Big O, action. Yeah, and then Queen starts playing. Yeah, what? <laughs> Blatant ripoff. Like, it, it sounds like they're about to start pl- saying, Flash, here's a miracle. <laughs> like, it, it's oh, very man. similar. Um, It'd be awesome if instead of the instead of the theme song, they just showed that clip from uh, Blades of Glory. I was just thinking Blades of Glory. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably um, my favorite Queen-inspired movie. I think that the theme song to this show is why I haven't looked at it before. <laughs> I um, think so I just, as well. I remember it coming on like on Toonami or something, and it was just like big O, big O. Yeah, it's the platonic like, ideal of like stupid theme songs accompanying <laughs> that's stupid shows. All you shows. can tell me about the show, like it's a mech anime, so at that age I was already like off on uh-huh. it. But like, and it's like big O. It's called big O, and it's about a big O. And I'm like, yeah, not even trying. Yeah. Also, what is a big O? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if it's ever Side explained. Note. Well, let's uh, let's let's categorize exactly how it is not or is explained. Um, All right. So I am Gobo. Yeah, and I am Wembley. Um, we are Ben and Zane, and this is the Carton Cast, where we discuss shows that a lot of people seem to like back in the day, and we're <laughs> looking at it for the first time and finding interesting things out about it. Yes, Carton cast in the name of God, ye not guilty. Ye not guilty. <laughs> we have come to terms with the fact that we're doing Big O. Um, <laughs> it took a while. Yes, we had to did. come around on it. <laughs> All right. Zane. <laughs> Man. It's... Did you, like, just watch an episode, or has it been a few hours? Well, I'm clearly not altogether in the head, so I definitely just watched one. Although, okay. I don't know. I... How long? How, how recently did you watch an episode of this? Uh, I watched one this afternoon, like a few hours so ago. So you probably still like it's probably still passing through your system then. It's I don't know. Like the side effects are still there. Um, There's a saxophonist following me around. Is that one of the side drink effects? Some, drink some more cranberry juice. It should be gone by the morning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I decided uh, that we would be watching Big O this week, and it's because one, I wanted to do a mecha anime. Well, I just want to do another anime in general, but mecha anime is this huge category that we haven't seen anything from yet in the Carton cast. And two, right. because it's a very good example of a show that a lot of people my age watched, hence to, for, because of Toonami, um, that I just right. never experienced. You you picked an interesting <laughs> mech anime. Well, the, I would not say that it is emblematic of the genre. It's almost a parody of the genre, actually. I, I'm actually, I was wondering, is this a parody? I can't I don't tell. think so. I actually don't so, know. Um, I tried to find I, I evidence whether was, or not it was. I think part of why it's so weird is part of the way it was designed. From why, Legos? Why don't, I give you, why don't I give you some of the production history? I would love that. So, The Big O was created by Kaichi Sato and Kazuyoshi Kariyama, and was written by Chiaki Kanaka. I, uh, I, don't, and, I don't know who those are. What <clears throat> else are they known for? Did they have a hand in Gundam? Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. There's a lot of different Gundams, and I <laughs> don't know who did what. Gun- Gundai? I, I will admit, I have never seen a Gundam Gundella? episode. What's the plural of Gundam? Um, G- Gunsdom? <laughs> Gunsdom? Wait, let, let me um, see. A, a combination of Gunsdom? Is that the proper plural noun? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. A seizure um, of Gundam? 
So for the big O, Kaichi a seizure? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just realizing what you said. What? You know, like, uh, you know, anime in the past used to give uh, people seizures if you believe that one episode of uh, The Simpsons. It's like a helicopter sound for your eyes. <laughs> sort of. Um, it was produced by Sun- Sunrise Studio. Uh, not Gundam, right? Uh, although, yes, it was. Um, it was produ- <laughs> Big O was produced they, by. They get around. Yeah, they really spread their seed kind of all across America. They're like the Johnny Appleseed of uh, anime production studios. Well, they were also involved in the uh, animated Batman series, which influenced this uh, the Big O's development, mm-hmm. and Cowboy Bebop, which is pretty much like Big O, but then you have a robot and more plastic characters. So the first half of an episode of Big O is Cowboy Bebop. That's right. And the second half is Gundam. Yes, that is a good way to describe it. And uh, and none of it makes any no, sense. They don't bother. They don't bother with like glue to get those two sides to work together. They pretty much staple <laughs> it. Like you can really tell. You can really tell every step of the uh, the combination sequence here. Yeah, I'm trying to use mech um, terms for this for this episode. I hope I hope it's appreciated. Activate. <laughs> um, yeah. So Showtime. Kaichi Sato uh, came up with the idea in 1996, um, but he even admitted then that the whole show was just a gimmick to make toys. Yes. So we do have a little bit of resonance with uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, but very different, <laughs> very different uh, execution of that plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, it ran on Wow Wow from 1999 to 2000, mm-hmm. and uh, but the English dub... Which I, I did you watch the dub? I watched the dub. I did. I usually watch the dub unless I have a reason not to. Um, yeah. Apparently, Big O was not that big of a hit with Japanese viewers, but America latched onto it pretty hard and is actually the reason that it got produced for a second season. And that's kind of why I think it's it's maybe almost a parody of the mech anime <laughs> genre. Well, the um, second and first seasons are very different. I don't know if you found yeah. that. Like maybe not in animation quality, but. In theme, in feel, I don't know. Uh, we can get. Uh, I only it. watched. I only watched one episode in the second season, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I um, I know exactly why you watched one episode in the second season, and that's sort of my point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the dub ran on Cartoon Network in the Toonami block uh, in two thousand one. Hmm. Um. Yeah, which is how I'm aware of this show in general. <laughs> and I kind of right. wish I had watched this instead of any Dragon Ball Z because I did like this show better than Dragon Ball Z, although that's not that high of a benchmark. What about Dragon Ball? The other, like, just Dragon Ball. I'm Where? I'm afraid I'm afraid I don't know what you just said right there. Like dr- there was Dragon Ball. No, I'm afraid I didn't hear you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't I don't remember a great deal of that that portion of my life, which uh, sort of ties into the plot. Um. Yeah, so the, but the second season was actually produced by Cartoon Network, uh, as well as Sunrise and Bandai? Yeah, yeah. And Sato claimed it was his plan from the beginning to hit it big in America. I feel like he's just making stuff up yeah. when he's like, yeah, we wanted a toy. Yeah, we wanted America. Like, uh, I would... It sounds post hoc. I I don't know, man. The, the whole So does the whole show. Like, <laughs> man, try to, try to just give me a bare bones of the plot. If you can. Um, well, 40 years ago, everyone in Paradigm City forgot their past. Yep. Yep. Yada, 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 big robot. Yeah, that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, it's sort of a, uh, a noir setting. So there's crime and grit, and, you know, it spends a lot of time talking about the police force and the in- private investigators and, you know, these criminals. But then the criminals turn out to be giant robot, like, pilots. <laughs> Kind of out of nowhere. In a society that is completely ill-equipped to deal with giant robots. Well, except for the one other giant robot that happens to be a good guy. Which, thank God. Yeah, but every, <laughs> but every time he shows up, they're like, Oh, he's destroying all the buildings. Downtown is total. No one seems like, to appreciate Big O happens, for what he's doing as <laughs> a defensive force. I do like the whole um, idea, like the forgetting your memories for 40 years in the past. It makes me kind of 40 wonder. years... 40 years seems too long. I agree. Um, not inherently, but because the protagonist is so young. That's what I was saying. Is because um, he doesn't how old he didn't is really he? deal with any of the fallout effects of the memory thing. Yeah. Or rather, he dealt with like, the fallout, but he didn't... His life didn't change as far as the, as far as the 40 years thing go, which... 
can be hand-waved because apparently he's not a real person and or uh, it's all in a hologram uh, or... Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm going to bring up the for... entire <laughs> ending at the end of this show and just read right. it verbatim. You know what? Um, I actually think I'm going to do it now. <laughs> Is that okay? You go right Without any context of who these people are or what this show's about. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter because you don't know. <laughs> like, I'm reading it right now. You're going to forget And I it. barely recognize any of the proper nouns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just let it, let it fly. All right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, spoiler. The entire plot of Big O. Um, su- doesn't supposedly. matter. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me a minute. I might cut all of this out. But I'm going to try here. The series ends with the awakening of another big Megadeus. Megadeus are the big robots. And the revelation that the world appeals to, appears to be a simulated reality constructed in the form of a giant mechanical stage which was created by Angel. A climactic battle ensues between Big O and Big Foe. After which the city and everything surrounding it begins to be systematically erased by the new Big Megadeus, an embodiment of Angel. The Big, referred to as Big Venus by Dorothy, walks toward Big O, erasing everything it passes, including Big Foe and Alex Rosewater. Roger delivers a final speech to Angel, telling her to let go of the past, whether it is... I can't do any more, man. It's so much. I... It was only a quarter down that synopsis, and I'm already so lost. You go take a nap. We'll finish this in the morning. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Damn it! Stop playing that piano. I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) Um. So yeah, that is that is how bonkers this plot gets near the end. But it's not really a lot clearer in any one given episode. I feel like if I went through and paid like full attention to the episodes and watched it like from beginning to end like i did with bacchano it would all come together and i'd be like oh this is a work of genius i don't feel that way (laughs) (laughs) i don't feel that way at all but you're not giving it the credit why why do you feel why do you feel that this is actually i don't know i got the feeling that that's that's why i thought it was a parody is because it seemed to be really embracing the fact that these plots are very it are too convoluted and uh, threadbare to really make sense of. That's why I think it's just too artfully done for me to understand. <laughs> um, like, I, I like noticed... It, it, ex, uh, excessively descriptive art is indistinguishable from gibberish or finger paintings sort of deal? No, it was like it was like reading, you know, The Great Gatsby or any sort of book you read in English class that you didn't get the full meaning of. There, I'm sure there was a lot of literary elements. I noticed a couple of points where it's like, oh, this is symbolism. Oh, this is some synecdoche. He's relating his own life to the greater world. Good word. I, Mom, but Mom I me didn't, well, but I didn't like appreciate any of it <laughs> because I couldn't understand what was happening. So I feel like if I understood the plot, I'd be able to appreciate like, oh, this is foreshadowing something that comes later because it's in his mind and his mind is the city and, like... I actually feel the opposite way about it. Like, I feel like I'm coming from a point where I understand things and then it gets to a point where things are so far off the rails that no amount of looking at it is going to make it better. Like, do you ever, like, pick up a random legal document and just Mm. tell yourself, I'm going to figure out at least this paragraph. (laughs) And then by, like, a sentence into the one-fourth of the sentence that you decided to try to read you're just like no amount no amount of training is going to get me to no amount of training or study is going to get me to the point where i understand what this is that's how i feel about a plot of big o i see i feel it's more so there's um there's something online that i found where basically it's a paragraph of like step-by-step instructions but it doesn't tell you instructions for what, and you're reading it, and you're like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you and have to then, see the forest, not but, the trees. But but then, it after you're done reading it, it says, this paragraph is referring to doing your laundry. Oh, and my And everything God. makes perfect that sense. That is so awesome. It's like, first you put the articles in a pile. You might have to organize them based on their properties. <laughs> then. <laughs> what, what am I dissecting rocks what is going on (laughs) um so that's what i i feel like that's what this show is and i feel like if i gave it the chance it could be more than i'm letting it i don't know maybe um we'll get into whether or not we actually like the show episode to episode but i did want to give just kind of a plot not synopsis but like uh a general category yeah i'll give, give you an episode 
uh, Roger Smith, the, highlights. The, proto- the protagonist, is investigating something. He's like halfway the between negotiator. an investigator and a cop, <laughs> somehow. Right. And Batman, which makes this maybe my maybe <laughs> another one of my favorite Batman shows that we've done. But <laughs> 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 right behind Darkwing Douche. Um, so Roger Smith is investigating something. He's negotiating something. He's he's doing the private eye thing, and then. As he's getting closer and closer to the truth behind something, um, some villain has a robot emerge from the sea, and he goes and fights it. And yes, I usually at like the fourteen minute mark. Yeah, you can pretty much. <laughs> I, I just you can block this out. I don't know how to <laughs> say it in a less absurd context than just <laughs> this part happens and then this part happens but that's really again, what it feels like when you're again watching. i feel like it's building toward a greater whole but yeah i can't for the life of me explain but it's how. building piecewise like you're not given the locations <laughs> for any of these pieces of information it's a jigsaw puzzle that you don't have it's, the box art for it's like you're in a dream cut to high school cut to in my underwear cut yeah. to big robot you know that it's a dream, but that doesn't help you. <laughs> um, um, okay, so, so that the big is... robots are are called mega mega deuses or mega deuces. Me- mega deuses, which uh, it will come back with the whole godlike interpretation of these big robots later. Yeah. But in in the in the dub, they're called mega deuces, which I think is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, if Strong Bad got a particularly virile like boxing glove hate boner and just was like <laughs> mega deuce mega deuce <laughs> um and and uh bruce's mega deuce is called the the big o yes uh, uh, we should say that bruce is not bruce it is roger smith damn it that's right um <laughs> we should probably uh, talk about the characters then because so i don't i actually Rod- don't think we can get any farther trying to discuss the plot Right. We need to build this from the ground up. Like first we need to tell you what No, we need to build at. this from underground to the ground. <laughs> we're not going to get any farther than that. We're, we we got to level this city. Well, Big O comes from the underground. That's true. Let's let's um, bring him and all the other characters with him. Right. Roger Smith um is the negotiator of this city. He's the main protagonist and the pilot of the big robot and he looks exactly like Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney and talks <laughs> exactly like Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Objection! Yeah, um, objection. Yeah, he. You forgot well, he to is blow Spike. like water. Yep, he is voiced by Stephen Bloom. Yeah, uh, who is also Spike in Cowboy Bebop. That's refreshing. Which is how I reckon, like as like first line of dialogue, I listen to it. I'm like, I know that voice. I'm looking this Were up. Were you waiting for uh, "Here Comes the Eggman" to start playing in the background? <laughs> oh, it's so catchy. I think the only time I've heard that song, it was like an airport kiosk in Israel. What? It was playing on the speakers. That is, I think it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure? Yeah, we're not, we're not at our best, everyone. (laughs) It's hard to watch the show and then be at 100%. Harvey Birdman, I was completely at 100%. I was giving 110% for the company. Not right now. (laughs) Um... But more about um, more about Roger. Uh, the fact that he yeah. is, you know, we were saying he's pretty much Bruce Wayne. Like this show does a lot of just pretty much direct references to characters. Like he, him and his butler are Bruce Wayne and Alfred essentially. You know, they sort right. of have a playboy millionaire crime fighter uh, thing to them. Um, he is cool, but I wouldn't say he's <clears throat> he's not he's nowhere near Spike levels of cool, right? No, he's not like this sort of effortless cool. He's more, you know, you can see his mind going like through the <laughs> through the turns. I can see not his like... mind going. I can feel <laughs> he's it. Not, he's Daisy, Daisy. Uh, <laughs> no, like you can. Um, Thank you for saying those combination of words. Like he's not like the perfect badass spy whatever like he's he's very fallible like the first scene mm-hmm. that we see him in he's he made a mistake yeah like a pretty big one yeah he was in like a deal to like trade money for a girl only to find out that the girl was replaced with an android and he didn't realize i mean he had a backup plan but it was pretty stupid of him 
Um, <laughs> you mean the briefcase with jetpacks? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> he, uh, you can see why I needed to wait a wait a few days. It's almost as though he aspires to being Bruce Wayne like and just can't quite hit it. Yeah, uh, he reminds me a little bit more of Lupin the Third than anything else. Yeah, a little bit. You've seen that, right? Uh, once the the Castle of Cagliostro or something. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, like he's he's clever and he's and he's quick witted, but you can you get the sense like he's a pawn in something or like he's just following a script that he himself laid out and then forgot about. Whenever he encounters a know. villain, he's not really giving him a talking to like Bruce Wayne does. He's kind of being talked down to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I def I totally agree. He he lacks a certain respect, although um, he he definitely looks like he he acts like he has something to prove and can't prove it. Like he's got this overly masculine <laughs> swagger smirk douche combo. Yeah, like he's like, you need to know about my rule. <laughs> Always wear black. I just have one rule here, Dorothy. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> I'm sure I'll stop doing that. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. Yeah, he's got the noir job. He's got a noir look, but he doesn't have much of a noir demeanor, which made me feel, again, made me feel like it was a parody of something. But Well, I, I like it when he does have that sort of noir sensibility with, like, the, you know, he's driving and he's thinking about something, uh, that dame. She sure <laughs> yeah, did. Legs, up, legs up to heaven, damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, one of my favorite interactions is when he talks to his informant in, like, a dingy bar. Oh, you mean Walter Sobchak? Is that who that is? He's got the same tinted glasses. <laughs> like, that's what he I was did. thinking every time I saw him. But, like, they talk in, like, some hushed tones and mixed metaphors. Yeah. And he leaves some 20s, and then the man just covers it up with his paper. That was pretty cool. Like, those are good, those are good scenes. Yeah. But then, but then, like... But then a robot comes yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't think we'll be able to get over, like, how random it is that there's big robots in this. <laughs> they couldn't really get over it either. Um, like, despite my, like, not really understanding the greater plot, I feel like this should have been two separate shows. Uh, I, I'm going to say this, though. I actually enjoyed the giant robot fighting scenes. And I will get into yeah. it a little bit more when we get over to Big O's side of the characters. But yeah. for now, why don't we go on through the uh, through the character list? Yeah. One more thing I wanted to say about Roger is that he, I think, is meant to be a parody of the Ace, like because mm-hmm. he he might be a little bit chauvinistic and and has some machismo to him, but he's also extremely talented in almost every respect. Like yeah. he's a top negotiator, whatever the hell that means. He's a robot <laughs> pilot, um, and he's whenever we see him doing something that's not either one of those things, he's an expert at it, like cooking yeah. or painting or something like that, like. He could probably dance, like, circles yeah. around you, you know? But again, you get the sense that he doesn't know how or why he's good at these things. He's just, he just is. Yeah, it's, it, there's a hint into, like, the we're, disparity we're, between his youth and his abilities versus we're missing, how competent he is in this world. We're missing that pathos that Batman has. <laughs> like, that whole, like, tragic childhood. Yeah. Which again, he might have a tragic how, bio- childhood, but no one. How would he know? No one remembers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I think forty years is too long. Yeah, because um, he's clearly not like over forty-five. Like he's he if he's fifty, he's a very surprised. He's not. He's in his thirties. I'm. I'm yeah. convinced he's like thirty-four. I would like it if it was like, you know, fifteen years, and then like. He, when he was younger, he, like, made some mistakes and somebody else remembers them and he has, like, more of a memento type thing. Yeah. Like, I think that would have been a bit more compelling. Well, I mean, he could still have mm-hmm. some fallout from the whole memory lapse because society, as it would, as as, a, as it turned out, would definitely be different. Um, mm-hmm. And rearing a child in that sort of society could have left an impact, but we don't see any direct impact from the amnesia, which makes his multiple choice backstory and, you know, all of that a little bit strange like if you if you try to think about it logically it doesn't quite line up he's definitely a reflection of the society he lives in uh which i guess we'll get into when we talk about the the setting yeah the hologram Um, that they're in well i was thinking Um, just more the the noir city the one part of it that i do like is the aspect of his personality where like he prefers negotiation he he prefers negotiating with like honorable criminals who like do things the right way Mm mm-hmm it's a very interesting, like... Did I actually call it? 
he holds them to a to a high standard. Is that what you were gonna say? What the negotiation thing? I cut in. I apologize. Yeah. Oh, we were both thinking the same thing. I actually really liked his character. The more I saw of him, the more I enjoyed him. Like he's yeah. a lot more textured than he looks because he looks plastic. But <laughs> he clearly prefers negotiation, but doesn't mind getting his hands dirty in Big O for whatever reason yeah. he wants to. He wants everyone to act professionally. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know. It's Sol- it's like he's character. the stabilizing force in this city. He wants everyone to play nice, follow the rules because we're all we've got. Sort of sort of thing. He never outright and says think, it, but you get that feeling. And that again, um, you know, deals into the deeper meaning because uh, as we'll see, there's a lot of. Uh, metaphors involving, you know, acting a role mm-hmm. on the stage and, you know, playing your part. He and wants doing you to stay off stage to. until it's showtime. Yeah, this is this is oddly enough similar to the Truman Show in a lot of ways. <laughs> I did not make that parallel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is though, because everybody's Truman. Everyone's Jim right. Carrey in this <laughs> oh, universe. <man. laughs> Can you imagine that if it was like the Truman Show, but like a John Malkovich sort of. I thing, was just about to say Jim this Carrey. is <laughs> this is Truman Show meets being John Malkovich. Gross. We, we have too many similar thought processes. <laughs> I I don't think that's the problem so much as what the similar thought processes are, you know. <laughs> but let's talk We've about got the, like a subroutine. It's like if Batman, then yes. Then if, if no, Batman, then, then Darkwing Duck, then damn legs up to heaven. Like it's pretty. Let's talk about Dorothy though. Our Dorothy. So she's an she's an android, mm-hmm. and she's voiced we... by Leah Sargent, whom is Millie Thompson from Trigun. It was the only voice I noticed. Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. I don't, I don't remember too much about Trigun. I just remember thinking it was a stupid name. Mm-hmm. Again, you, you, you aren't wrong. Need to name these better. You aren't wrong. <laughs> and also, there's it's a gun, but it's three. Guns. Also, there's no indication of anything with three in that show. So it wasn't that a Pokemon. Also makes move? no sense. Try, try, look, try attack. Try star, try star storm, try star some, storm infinity. Like <laughs> Jeez, it's pretty good, right? It sort of seems like a move that Big O could be doing, right? <laughs> Big O, Tri-Star, Storm, Infinity. Can I read a couple of Big O's oh. moves? No, I'm going to I'm gonna save that for when we get to Big O, but let's talk about Dorothy. Uh, so Dorothy... She's an android um, that he saves in the first two episodes, the first arc. Right, the show so, sort of does things with arcs, like a couple episode bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was built by Wainwright, who um, modeled her after his own daughter, who I guess died. Yeah. Sort of a um, Tucker situation. I really like it. He he had been a scientist before the amnesia and remembered enough of his skill to build her. I, I um, like and that. Sh- and people react that way without their memories is they just kind of keep doing what they were already going to be doing, but without the context. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like yeah. being an android anyway. So there's that parallel. Right. Everyone's got this sort of pre-programmed, you know, pre-programmed response that they can't critically think about. Mm hmm. Yeah, we're smart, Zane. <laughs> yeah. One day they wake up and they say, wait, we're the sheep. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a In tomato! <laughs> Did you get to any of the episodes where they start talking about tomatoes over and over again? I noticed a bunch of tomatoes. Like, I, I almost wanted to say, like, that's a recurring symbol for something, but I got no idea what. That's a TV trope, at the very least. Tomato in the mirror. Really? I don't know exactly what it means. I think it's like, if you bleed, how are you sure that it's blood and not, like, tomato juice? Like, are you a person or are you a fake person? Because they taste different, duh. Yeah. So, <laughs> back to Dorothy. Uh, um, what, do you, what do you think about her? Well, I think, like, I like that there's this sort of unknown past about her. I don't really understand what motivates her, if anything. She seems to be able to control the mega douches. <clears throat> yeah, like, she clearly has some sort of connection with the grand overarching plot mm, she's narratively Again, important it's just not clear yeah exactly and apparently according to this synopsis that i tried to give it does not become more clear and i do not have the patience to try and figure it out yeah but we can still talk about dorothy within the context of the show like she right. it works for robert or roger excuse me she works for bruce wayne and i i feel she, like they uh, have a very i feel like they have a very forced relationship i don't feel that way i actually really like their relationship I, I, like, in the second episode, he jumps out of the big O and, like, rips her out of her prison in the other robot and says something like, you just have to be who you are. I'm like, how did you 
It, what kind of connection is this? Everyone talks in melodrama, so if you watch a few episodes, you sort of get used to them doing that shit. Um, mm-hmm. Later episodes, their relationship is a little bit more subtle. Like it, it is hinted heavily that they are romantically interested in some in some regard, and no one bats that's an so eye. Weird. No, I like that. That no one bats an eye at it. It's just like androids are a thing. Therefore, this is fine. <laughs> you know. I guess. And he doesn't seem to have any desire to date elsewhere i don't know i like their relationship they they have a lot to show off about each other like he is trying to teach her about being human she's poking holes in his logic it's a it's a nice it's a nice bantery relationship that they have to me anyway i don't know i guess you didn't feel that way um i i enjoyed what came of the relationship it just felt ew No. <laughs> they, she gave birth to a tomato. Yeah, that's right. She gave birth to Dick Grayson, but he's a cyborg. That's, that, I think that's how Batman worked, right? Like, he yeah. fathered all the Robins, like, genetically, because Cadmus? <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. When you throw Cadmus and or Big O into, into the mix, you can pretty much narratively explain away anything. Uh. So, um, speaking of the big O... Well, let's not... I actually... One more thing about Dorothy is I actually really like her animatronicities, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, when she Like, moves, she's super heavy? Well, for her physical characteristics and both also, like, how her animation and sound effects kind of behave with that. Like, you never get the sense that she's a person. She's always very clearly an android. Her speech patterns right. and... Like, when she moves her neck, it does, like, this, like, servos chugging along sound. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like something from Megas XLR. Uh, sometimes her head opens up and there's a CD drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's not the only android who does that. That's just where their CDs go. <laughs> um, I like the way her eyes look haunted, too. It makes her look a little mm-hmm. bit more sinister than she actually acts. It might be like a part, on, a decision-making part on, the, on her programmer to like differentiate her from an actual person. Yeah. I don't know. You're not a fan of her? In general? Um, I just don't get her. Like, I don't understand why, I like... I think it's just to provide a saves, foil. Like, he saves her from, like, a big robot, and then she just starts living with him. Working for him, and, yeah. like, working for him. I don't know. She's under it, onus it felt forced. <clears throat> I think I think Roger has enough foils in this show. Yeah, but none of them show up with enough frequency to really, uh, to really work on that relationship. I mean... Rosewater. Wouldn't it be awesome if his butler just like showed up with like a platter of uh, like with the platter with like two teacups on it whenever he was like trying to do impersonal investigating and getting shot at? The butler is just like (laughs) tailing behind, just like, would you like me to have your dinner ready for you, sir? Not now. No, Norman's really useful. Like he repairs the the robot. Yeah, and he never questions how he can. Like I just saw an episode where. Uh, where Roger is like, Norman, don't you ever question how you can repair it so effortlessly? And he's like, I don't know, sir. Do you ever question how you can pilot it so effortlessly? <laughs> yeah. He, he's really, Just lampshade that. Yeah, Norman is really, uh, he, he's, he's very devoted to Roger. Again, it doesn't feel like anyone is clear why. Everyone knows their roles, but they're not really sure why their roles are such. I would like to see an episode where it just, just Norman. Norman, Norman, like as a young man, right after the event. I think that would be a good episode. Huh? That's not bad. I am always pretty like, impressed I see whenever how this guy any old reacts. guy flashback episodes go, and they show the old guy mm. that we now know as like uh, a lay about uh, you know old person butler sort of character being a badass in their own time. <laughs> have you have you ever thought of like? the fourth Indiana Jones movie as being the only one and the other ones being flashbacks <laughs> uh, or projections. It's just like, he's just like, he's like not actually a good character. He just tell like, this is how he tells like, the stories. Like tells him, heroes, like, writes himself up. He- heroes, <laughs> write the, heroes write the stories. So this is how it is. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty sweet. I don't mind that. <laughs> um, uh. So who, what else, what other characters do we have? We've got the femme fatale role, Angel. Yeah, she has a few names, I think. She's Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, is she? Yeah, she. Which that's a good cast for this role. Like, mm-hmm. she's like flirtatious and greedy, and uh, I. I was actually when I was watching her, I was wondering: <sighs> is the femme fatale 
uh, archetype supposed to be empowering or sexist? Like, I don't know if Both? it's supposed to be anything, but like, whom is it? Uh, whom it, like is it supposed to be eye candy or is it supposed to be like a Catwoman sort of deal where it's supposed to be like they're using sex as a weapon and therefore women's rights? I don't know. It always made me a little uncomfortable anytime that happened, in his but... pants. I gotta. I keep on thinking about Harvey Birdman because I don't want to think about Big O because it makes my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get through this, Ben. We can do it. So, um, so a- Angel is like, <clears throat> is she like controlling this the, this behind the scenes? She's sort of. You you don't really know anything beyond like she is more aware of the whole amnesia situation than Roger is. That's kind of all we get though. Does it explain it in, like, the final episode? In that synopsis you I read? wish I knew, man. Like, they explain something, but it's nothing I can verbalize. I have heard that, And Wikipedia like, probably boiled it down. And I still don't <laughs> get it. I have heard that, like, And I understand Dark Souls stories, man. Um, produced some, like, uh, difficulties within the community, like, competing theories about what it's about. And they're like, yeah, third season would totally explain all these things. No, it wouldn't. But, like... No, it wouldn't. As I understood it, they finished off the second season knowing that it was perfectly likely either way that they would or wouldn't get a chance to do a third one, so... Yeah, this ending is fairly notorious, but it's not out of line with what the show was already, at least according to what I've read. Like, I didn't actually see the final episodes because, you know, I have to to not have nightmares tonight, you know? I I think it's telling that your synopsis there didn't make any less sense than any of the other episodes. (laughs) <laughs> that's what a curve you're grading on though <laughs> um let's let's talk about the final care the final interesting character at least in my mind um big mm-hmm. o you don't give that policeman much credit i don't even remember <laughs> the only thing i remember about him is he's got one of those anime like varicose veins in his forehead that i really wish wasn't as sharpied on as it is and some sweet mutton chops. Yeah, I should I should have remembered you'd bring them up because of the chops. You really can't <laughs> get over mutton chops, can you? They're so beautiful. <laughs> so as far as Big O goes, like, all right, I guess we should talk about robot, like, mecha anime in general right now. How do you feel right. about giant robot fighting? Because that's how you're going to feel about Big O. <laughs> Mixed. Um, in what way? I have I have seen good giant robot fighting. Um, you're not talking you know, about Power Rangers, I hope. I, that is pretty I made bottom a of the barrel. connection to Power Rangers in that like, like they come out of the ground and they're the action, like the big robot fights are actually very slow and methodical. This is very like, different the robots from robots how... take a lot of time to move and and they're like unwieldy. Yeah, this isn't a Gurren Logon where they're kind of n- n- even more agile than the people piloting them. Like they all take a lot of time to move. And I think I'm that was a design to consideration. Cause... I'm surprised they don't cause more collateral damage. Collateral damage doesn't matter in this. Like everyone, everyone um, forgets about it anyway. Yeah, but like I enjoy like Agurin Lagan, and I enjoy like um, is Megas XLR a, a mech? So anime? there are two genres of mech anime. Oh, there geez, is we're yeah, no, no, this, that, this is actually <laughs> really big cool. O, and then there's shows that make sense. No, this is actually really cool. Um, there's <clears> two <throat> genres of mech anime. One of them is called super robot genre. Which is a more supernatural sort of power ro- powered robot, um, much like your Megazord, because like whatever the hell Zordon is, and you know he gets a sword out of lightning from the sky. Clearly, He's an interdimensional robot or alien. Yes, clearly, um, with a robot helper. And you also have like Megas XLR was supposed to be a parody of that genre. Like it's it requires the supernatural to make sense. And then you've got your real robot genre which is your Full Metal Panic and your uh, Gundam and your mm-hmm. uh, and Big O, where, where all where of the robots the society... are tools. They're not their own entity. They're not like supernatural divine entities in their own right. They're, they're tools that get used for mundane means. I disagree. I think this that is the definition. Is... You can't disagree with it. I didn't come up with that. No. <laughs> I think I don't... So I think that Big O is... That sort of supernatural thing, like they're even called deuses. Yes, they're supposed to be like godlike. Well, they represent but, like, something supernatural, but 
the actual mechanics those, of it aren't. In those shows like um, Gundam, the robots are an extension of the society in which the characters exist. And it's like, okay, um, we built these robots to serve a purpose, and it makes sense within the society. Big O, like, people are like, what is that? That's such an incredible random thing to happen. I feel it fits much more in the line of uh, the Megazords or Megas. Ah, here's the thing, though. From our perspective, it's real robot. From their perspective, in which they have amnesia and cannot explain these things, it is super robot. Okay. Come on, that's pretty good. Like, that's that's an interesting thing about uh, how everybody treats the robots in this show is as though they are gods. There's a big like supernatural. What what exactly is what what exactly happens to people when they can't define their surroundings? They turn to the supernatural, and this is one outlet of that. This is one one facet of when they do that. That is interesting. Um... So they call them <clears throat> gods instead of robots because they don't understand them in any other context than supernatural. I guess that explains, like... Oh, careful. When I thought of the, <laughs> does it really nothing, explain? Nothing's explained. Um, I did think, like, what does the big O mean? I guess it's like... The big anus. It, the absence of making sense. Or, like, it has to do with <laughs> That's this not whole... not bad. It has to do with this whole amnesia thing. Like, yeah. where do these come from? Well, it's a big O. I got no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also that yeah. connection with the whole, like... Like, that's literally what Omega means. Big O. Yeah. Because um, it's like the ending. Yeah. And also in the theme of this show, you know, when we've gotten far enough into the plot where logic breaks down and we cannot trust logic anymore, there's Big O. The supernatural yeah. picks up right where the logic left off. <laughs> so there's a lot is, there. I'm telling you, there's these literary elements that I'm sure I would love if I got into this sooner or read or like watched every episode. <laughs> it's hard to tell. I... I, I don't think i'm being fair to this show because i i feel like i want to like a lot of parts of it but i just can't i just i can't commit to the plot (laughs) i can't commit to the plot and i can commit to very few of the characters but i can commit to the robot big o whenever he shows up it feels like a big deal it's he's pretty cool this is a cool giant robot he would feel like a big deal if, like, it didn't happen all the time. Dane, let me read you a couple of the Big O move lists, okay? Yeah, please do. All right, there is the sudden impact, which is where his, like, elbow pistons go outward, and he See, now that's, that's what sold me back into his arms to make a more powerful punch. That's probably the only reason I watch more than one episode. Aren't those cool? <laughs> <laughs> those are great. It's like punch and then conservation like, of momentum in my giant robot. <laughs> and there's actually a yes, lot of detail please. in this. You can see like the air coming out, like to show the displacement that happened. Yeah, yeah. The animation very much uh, emphasizes the big ro- big fighting robot. Like <laughs> the thing is, when you have a mo- like a manga or an anime adaptation from a sub to a dub, you have to sometimes be looking at people's legs or like their eyes when they're talking, right. because the syncing doesn't work doesn't line up exactly. So right. I think maybe some of the animation got cut for that reason, and that's why it looks a little bit more plastic than it otherwise would. But all the robot fight scenes can be put in verbatim, and those right. are very cool. And, um... And we should mention uh, that there was also a manga, um, and it was produced to accompany the show. Uh, it ran in Monthly Magazine Z and was written by Hitoshi Ariga. The Chrome Buster I, is also is another one of Big O's moves. <laughs> and it fires Buster. from his forehead when he slams his fists together. <laughs> I don't know if I saw that he, one. Look it up, because it looks really sweet. <laughs> like, he has his arms out as his sides with his arms going, like, from the elbow to his mm-hmm. fingertips going vertical, and then he just slams his fists together in front of him, and a giant laser <laughs> fires out from his forehead. It's pretty sweet. That's pretty good. Let me read a couple others without context. Missile Party. Sure. Oh, Thunder. Plasma Gimmick. And Final Stage. <laughs> Ben, these don't make any sense. <laughs> That's what's so good about them. And it's another reason why I thought this was a parody for a while. Who is naming these? Because it's not like he's shouting out the attacks. <laughs> I'm not certain. Whoever programmed <laughs> that key phrase, which is uh, you know shown on the screen whenever he powers up, which is uh, cast in the name of God, O ye mighty. 
Ye not guilty. Ye not guilty. I was thinking Ozymandias maybe programmed this guy. <laughs> yeah, it actually it <laughs> says an interesting ye not subplot guilty. from Watchmen. It uh, it says ye not guilty, but I think there's a part where like somebody else gets control of it or a different Megadeus, and it actually says ye guilty and just kills him. Yeah, which I didn't see <laughs> that part, but reading it, I was like, that's a sweet part. Because <laughs> that I didn't understand what that phrase meant until I was like, oh, it's saying. According to the name of God, it, like in the word, you have been judged. God, yeah, you you have been chosen worthy of being able to use this thing, because it sounded like word salad <laughs> until I understood it like that. Robot pilot, you have failed this city in the name <laughs> of. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Arrow recently. <laughs> and uh-huh. Have you ever watched any of that? Uh, is that the Green Arrow one? <laughs> yeah, Zane, it's the Green Arrow one. I didn't know. Uh, no, I haven't seen it. It's pretty good. I've heard of it. It's pretty good. Is it? Yeah, there's a lot of... I mean, it's a mundane version of a DC superhero thing, which I was a little bit skeptical about, but they stick pretty close to... they, they In a big O sort of way, they just kind of stick to the mundane, not the supernatural. Well, it's in the same vein as, like, Smallville, right? But Green Arrow is a much more interesting character. Yeah, and also you don't have to... You, you don't have to break the Earth's gravitational field to get to more of the story, which is nice. Um, I am going to be completely serious... I first learned about what liberal policy and fat cats were from Green Arrow. You shouldn't have been completely serious. That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading my comic and he's like, yeah, these fat cats, up, up, uh, they're the real criminals. And you just thought of a let, bunch let of tubby read. cats? <laughs> kind of. Like singing on a fence? Yeah. <laughs> singing about fish bones? <laughs> well, I was I'm alternating saying, yeah. between Green Arrow and um, Garfield, Garfield and Brent. So... <laughs> Oh, can we do Garfield? <laughs> I was thinking. I actually was looking into that, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> I wanted to say one more thing about the phrase, though. It comes from sure. the swords of executioners in the 17th century. Ooh, like this would be this would be like written on them. It's a variation. That's why it says cast because it's like the sword was cast. exactly because um, as a big robot, you're like no, this was independently manufactured by many things and then assembled in a different place. Yeah, forged from the heart <laughs> of Mordor. Um, right. <laughs> A variation of the phrase um, is engraved in Conan the Barbarian's sword to give you a tie into our next episode. Ooh, that's and great. it's, uh, suffer no guilt, ye who wields this in the name of Krom, who I guess is a fictional deity for Conan the Barbarian. Crombuster. Crom- yeah, Crombuster, that's right, where he slams his swords together and a big laser comes out of his mouth. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, yep. How do you feel about the... Um... So, we have this issue with this overarching plot that doesn't really make sense. How do you feel about the episodes where it's just, like, Monster of the Week? I I think I tend to like them better, because that gives them more of an opportunity to focus on the relationship between Roger and Dorothy, and not Mm -hmm. as much of an opportunity to commit word salad murder against my eardrums. And and it was a bit easier to follow, which is very helpful. That as well. Like, the scenes don't really follow from one moment to the next in general. So whenever they do, it's, like, really refreshing. It's like you can catch your breath. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that it's transitioning so abruptly from sense to nonsense is somehow related to the whole city suffering from amnesia. Like, they just have to get used to shit not making sense from moment to moment, and it's trying to instill within us the sense of amnesia. That would be infuriating. It it was infuriating. What are you talking about? (laughs) Maybe that's why Roger's so big on, like, the rules, because then at least he can plan for stuff. Yeah, even though that clearly doesn't tend to work out, it's kind of nice that he's got this moral guideline that that flies so heavily in the face of the world around him. Yeah. I mean, that's always kind of endearing, you know, the whole rebel with the cause. I don't know, man. I like Roger a lot. He's all right. Yeah. I, I do like the individual stories rather than the big robot, what the hell is going on with this amnesia bullshit stories, because those littler stories yeah. tend to emphasize certain aspect of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, regular people. Like, sometimes they'll just visit a regular person. When he's doing case files for regular people, it's much more compelling. Yeah, allows you to explore those themes of memory loss a little bit more completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really liked. I I didn't watch a bunch of episodes, but I liked the one where um, he fought Schwarzwald. I, uh, um, you mean Hush? Sabok? Yeah, you mean Hush? Who's Hush? <laughs> it's a, another Batman villain. 
who has nice. bandages wrapped around his face. Yeah, apparently <laughs> he's dead. Serious, it's cut straight from it. Apparently he's dead. He's dressed like a mummy. Um, What's the difference like, between dead and alive in this? Dead people show up constantly. Well, it's a hologram. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, um, God damn that. God damn that. Uh, uh, I almost said uh, deus ex machina. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mega deus ex machina. Yeah, no, that's the joke. I hate oh, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck. I didn't realize. <laughs> I just need to... Um, I feel like we're doing a lot of shows where I just need to collect myself halfway through talking about it. <laughs> uh, um, I, I like that the, the show tends to explore the nature of humanity from two sides. Humans who have lost their memory and then just straight up androids. Like I was saying before, uh-huh. they kind of both approach their lives in the same way. They know they have a purpose, but they're not sure why. And it rather than try to explain it, they just fulfill their purpose. Yeah, there's a lot in the uh, second season about Roger saying, like, what's my role? If I didn't have my role as the negotiator, I wouldn't exist. Yeah, that's his opening line every, sh- every shot. Like, And it's it's the same thing <laughs> with the big the role o, of like, a negotiator. If, if there weren't other big robots to fight, he might as well not be there. He's underground where no one can find him. Also, I should point out that um, the whole stage metaphor carries over into his action words, where Roger just like, totally. action, showtime. Show <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, he has a big revelation halfway through in which his memories are called into question, and he kind of psychoanalyzes within his own brain in the form of like a uh, like an opera. <laughs> like, yeah. he and Dorothy are both on a stage, and like, hits, hits them both with a spotlight, and the audience claps. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, they do that with uh, Roger and Norman sometimes, too. Oh, really? (laughs) It's really bizarre. I really like that, actually. It's good to know that it happens more than once, because I was watching it, and I just saw the one with Roger and Norman, and I'm like, this is neat, but what? (laughs) Yeah, this is neat, but what the hell is happening outside of this one scene? (laughs) And you really can't focus on it, like, much in the way that the people can't focus on the larger picture. Neither can we. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're as lost as they are. Pretty much. we have amnesia. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel we're, like that watching this show. We're the big O. <laughs> we're all the big O. Everything is big O. Everything is mega deus when you're part of the negotiator team. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the Lego movie, right? Nope. Oh, well, that made no sense then. It sounded profound. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about the animation? Um, sure. I kind of can't say anything more about the themes and genre just because, I don't know, we could talk more about it, but we wouldn't get anywhere. (laughs) Right. Well, the city, in terms of the animation, everything's very dark and gray, including the city. It is a noir setting, yes. Um, Roger's dressed in black, he makes it a point. Big O is mostly black with a little bit of red. And the villains usually wear white. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting Um, subversion of the whole, you know, light is good, dark is evil. Roger right. insists Again, on Batman. wearing on black. Yeah, that right. as well. Roger and insists the... on wearing black, and I think it's because he sort of knows that his role is between the lines of morality. Mm-hmm. Like he never outright says it, but I mean, the 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 cop doesn't like him, and the villains don't really like him. So he's I don't know. He knows his role yeah. is gray, and he's okay uh, with it. It it, it plays into um, the class inequality, which is a big part of the. A lot of the struggles you see, yeah. the rich live under like golden domes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that one episode where uh, Schwarzwald was like throwing like this uh, masquerade? Yeah. Oh, and then he started flying in like the flying robot. But whatever. But before the flying robot got out of hand, <laughs> everybody in the masquerade is like gorging themselves. Oh yeah, and like incredible drinking excess. incredible amounts of wine and dancing and like I should crazy. Point out, wearing wearing masks that are black and white. I would not be surprised if there were just like eight people fucking on a table in that party. <laughs> like it's just right. talking about hedonism so bluntly and overbearing. Studio fifty four thing kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> I wanted to mention the part in that episode where like he pilots big duo, which is the flying robot. Mm-hmm. And like Big O manages to survive a huge attack because he grappling hooked the top of the dome and then fell down off of it like a chandelier onto the other guy. I don't remember that part. Oh, that was the best part. I remember when Schwartzwald's uh, big robot also had mummy bandages and used them like a whip. (laughs) (laughs) Why would would it have mummy bandages? That's 
that's why I feel like this why is a parody. Why is he a mummy? Like, sometimes this show is a lot sillier than the rest of it. Specifically in the yeah. first season, you get a lot of silly scenes. Yeah. Um, I think to its detriment, it started focusing more on the plot in the second season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's a lot of snarkiness from Dorothy in the early seasons. The the, an- the silly animatronic noises she makes. <laughs> Hello, Master. Why are you waking me up at three in the afternoon? Yeah. It's just a lot more uh, comedy. Back- Back to the animation, mm-hmm. though, um, it, it does look very much like uh, Cowboy Bebop. Except um, with a little less realism. A little less realism. I'm not sure how the animation of the mechs uh, compares to other mech animes. I, I like the mech, but... They're definitely clunkier than um, most that I've seen. I think that's why I like it. Like, Big O just seems to have style. He might not be the fastest, he might not be the strongest, but he's got fucking style. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sort of like Roger. (laughs) Right. Or at least he aspires to be. For a second there, I thought you were referring to... Roger Klotz? Yeah, Roger Klotz. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good. Should we get, like, Like, scanned or something? He's got got style. Does he? Does he? (laughs) (laughs) It looks better Um, than most other anime I know of. Everything about it looks better except the intro. The, you didn't like the intro. Just, the in, it just Yellow Submarine. Different. Everything about it's completely different from the actual show. I... Where they're just like the characters' silhouettes rotating into the background <laughs> and star white bagel. and rotate tool. And... Yeah, <laughs> vertical hold. <laughs> He's a miracle. And you know, Big O sort of is a miracle in that whole supernatural context. <laughs> yeah. Right? I was going to make a better joke about that, but I just remembered it. He's larger than life. The uh, character interactions tend to look cheap, like I was saying beforehand, but the robot fights look excellent, even though they're slow. Yeah, I agree. I mean,. They're, they're not really trying to subdue each other other than just trying to make unnecessarily cool fighting scenes. So, yeah. And even during the characters, sometimes Roger will jump from like three stories and land in his car in typical secret <laughs> agent man fashion. It's pretty cool. Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just remembering a scene where he calls Big O up from the ground and then just is on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there a problem with that? <laughs> Just, he was in a building. Yeah, and now he's on a he robot. He's inside a building. Zane, if you are in a building in one second and then on a giant robot in the next second, what transition are you going to make that will make you feel okay about that transition? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Much like know. in Harvey Birdman, you just kind of have to enjoy the madness. You can't yeah. You can't stop and think about it. With, speaking of which, what's up with the shoulder pad spikes? Uh, couldn't tell you. This is another example of everything looks like it's from Speed Racer for some reason. They all have shoulder pad spikes, and I like the butler and Roger. Yeah, Roger like looks really a, funny, actually. Like like he's wearing a suit of armor underneath his regular yeah, suit. He's got like plastic armor on. Uh, I yeah, he, I like Roger's look a lot. Like his shoulder pad spikes looked stupid at first. His slick back hair looked stupid at first, but then I noticed the eyebrows, and I'm just like, oh, I get it. <laughs> They're just Ace attorney. They're just being really nuts. <laughs> there's a great uh, there's a great scene when he's questioning his own identity. Um and he's like in a flashback where he's his own age, but it's earlier before the amnesia, I saw that but he's episode. really himself. That was an interesting uh, one. And he like you see him in his suit in a reflection in a mirror, but he's in like a trench coat and looking shabby, and he's like, I know who I am, and he rips it off and there's the suit. Yeah. <laughs> like those are just his <laughs> underclothes. Like, can I point out like a bl- like a suit onesie? Episode, the intro of that episode didn't make any sense. I think it was a two-parter. Cuz I it was a season cliffhanger two-parter. It's so annoying. <laughs> yep. One of the reasons I wanted to do this show was because it looked like one of the few mecha anime that had a monster of the week format. Uh-huh. But and it, it does didn't have that in, much in, of one. In name only. Yeah. And the name was Big O, so forget it. Yeah, like, when you read the plot synopses, it's like, Roger gets a job to do this, Roger does that, and then Big O shows up. Exactly. But really, like... That's the plot that's synopsis. Only, like, that's I only, can't like, get over how disjointed those two halves are. <laughs> There's a bunch of scenes 
that tie into the overplot that you just can't understand if you're not watching it straight through. Like, listener, it's as if, like, listen to the first half of Doug and then listen to the rest of this episode. <laughs> that's how much that's how much continuity there is in any episode of Big O. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about music and sound? Um, I, I'm not sure. Does the music change between those two big parts of the show? Like when it's but when it's just like Roger as negotiator, there's a ton of beautiful freeform jazz going yeah. on. Usually like a saxophone. It's a G Men thing, you know? Uh, Noir. Or like a sad piano. Mm-hmm. Like it's very good at accentuating the mood of the show. Yeah. And that mood was blue velvet up until the point that it's Freddie Mercury madness. Right. Because it kinda take Queen kinda takes over where uh where uh Kenny G leaves off, right? <laughs> Benny Goodman. Whatever. Uh, this is the only jazz musician I could think of. That's a crime. <laughs> I'm sorry. I only we remember it because of that one, uh, that one Mike Birbiglia joke. If it makes you feel better. Yeah. Well, There's also a lot of opera and classical music, which mm-hmm. I think is and another tie-in. And that's more during the robot the whole, battles. Well, it's a tie into the theater metaphor, right? Right. This is a stage. And all the world are players, although some players are giant robots. Man, Merchant of Venice would have been way better with giant robots. <laughs> yeah, if you challenge us, do we not combine? <laughs> We're going to combine. They're going to combine? Man, I wish this... I mean, at the end, they sort of combine. Big Venus and Big O combine, and it rewrites history for no reason. Should we talk about that? No. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> Moving <Fair> on. <laughs> dialogue how'd you feel about that again it felt like it was supposed to be very suave and like like noir style Mm. but it felt a little short consistently what do you mean like you know how you said roger is trying to be cooler than he actually is yeah i feel like the dialogue is supposed to be wittier than it is it's a little overly poetic and it doesn't really have it doesn't really have the setting to like uh to measure up like it is the setting is pretty serious but at the end of the day you still got a giant robot out of nowhere and there's no amount of (sighs) you you can't be that melodramatic and then have a giant robot and have it be okay it just kind of doesn't work which is why i thought it was a parody to some degree the things they say also sometimes don't make sense in context yeah Um, I, i was wondering if that was sort of a translation thing Maybe it is. Maybe it's just they're trying to get the poetry across, and again, we're missing a metaphor, yeah. but... I don't know. I don't know. I, I had heard that the dub of this was pretty good. I'm trying to figure out why American audiences liked this show so much. Did you not like it that much? <sighs> I didn't dislike it. I don't really want to watch any more. Yeah, I kind of have a hard time describing my feelings about this show, because they're not... They're, they're not one adjective... You know? It's a very complex show. Um, my interaction with it is complex. I'm not that sure that the show is complex <laughs> unto itself. <laughs> yeah. I I sort of liked it. Like, I liked parts of it that I was watching. Specifically all mm-hmm. the more humdrum detail of negotiator life stuff. And then I also enjoyed the parts where he's fighting in a big robot and it looks sweet because arm pistons. You're not going to let this go. But I didn't like the fact that they were both in the same show. <laughs> really? We cannot just state don't this get Well, it. we can state this enough, but... Who was this aimed to? Americans. <laughs> the cross-section of people Sato who said love... it from the beginning. Do you like Maltese Falcon and Tommy the Green Ranger? Then, boy, <laughs> do I have a show for you. Like, I don't get it. Uh yeah. Yeah. Like, I can tell, like, this is a good show. I'm sure it has a lot more to offer. It's well made. I, just, I don't know that it's good. I just didn't like it that much. Yeah. Like, contrast with Cowboy Bebop, which I've been putting off as much as I could, Cowboy Bebop is just more down to earth. And yes, it has space gun fights, but they don't ignore the space gun fights for half of the episode. Right. You, you go in and you out. You know what setting you're in. You're not in the 1920s and then in the 2300s, you know? Mm-hmm. You're in the 2300s, but there's a bunch of decrepit, like, uh, Firefly worlds, right? Right. Like, it's 
there's a past that we're not entirely privy to, but at least we know that there's a past and they know that there's a past. Mm -hmm. Here, it's just a big O. I don't <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the whole fact that we don't really know what year it's set in sort of leads into the whole... Like, the anachronism of it does work with the narrative, but... Whenever yes. you blame anything of this show on the narrative, you have to talk about the narrative and, you you know, fuck that. <laughs> Give up. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a well with no bottom. <laughs> yes. Like a big man. Stop making things that I have to say big O as a response to. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Uh, uh, that's a big okay on that a one. Big, big O. Big, big 10-4, good buddy. Yep. All right. I think I am done with big O. I am also. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's curtain call. Um, what are we doing next time? Uh, next time, we are going to watch Dave the Barbarian, Ye Not Guilty. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> bajabbers. In the name of bajabbers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and then how about after that? Um, well, after that, I was trying to find, like, like I said earlier, I'm trying to find something from the 80s, because I feel like we've been doing stuff from the about 2000 a little too much. Mm -hmm. And to tie in with the whole Barbarian thing, I thought we'd watch He-Man Masters of the Universe. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> Which I don't believe either of us have a history with, but man, do, does our generation ever. Yeah. So that'll be an I'm... interesting uh, tie-in with Big O as well, because a lot of people seem to like this. I wonder... Wonder if they will similarly like He-Man for the wrong reasons. I again, I feel like this is something I'm too old to come in on. I, I don't know, man. We will see. I think I'm going to enjoy it from a you know MST3K sort of uh -huh. you know rationale. I don't know if I'll enjoy it on its own terms. My guess is not so much. I can't promise that I'll be able to take it any more seriously than I took Big O. Well, it, it, yeah. If history is any indication, we tend to just say that things are parodies the second we find their serious qualities objectionable. So <laughs> it maybe in that regard, He-Man will turn into a parody somehow. Although since it's from the '80s, I suspect I'll I'm gonna try not to, you know, it yank already on has cord. it already has plenty of parodies. Yeah, no need for us to make their case for them. Let's let's go into that one with that thing in mind. But uh, you know, until then, you know, like us on Facebook. Go ahead and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. And if you have, mm -hmm. if, if you happen to have anything to say about Dave the Barbarian and or uh, that, see, you forgot already. Because <laughs> it's called He Man and Masters of the Universe. If you have anything right. to say about that, and I know some of you do, uh, assuming that mm -hmm. anyone has listened to this episode, which we'll see. Yeah, get on. Um, on. Please go ahead and comment on our Facebook page, and we will read your comment on air. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, until next time, what can they do? Uh, I forget. <laughs> funny, funny that. Uh, <laughs> well, we have come to terms. It's